Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Hello, everybody. How you doing today? Feeling pretty good? In case you're joining us for the first time, I am Senior Master Craig Greca. I'm a sixth degree black belt in the Universal Martial Art, a fifth degree master in the Taekwondo Martial Art, and also a brown sash in Kung Fu, and have been training for over two years in Kabuto Weapons. And I'm here today to discuss the teachings and trainings inside the Karate Kid universe, including the Cobra Kai Netflix series. Now today's reference is the opposite reference from the Karate Kid Part 2 or the Cobra Kai series. Um, when you drive the nail into the wood, okay, they do this uh, um, in the Cobra Kai when they're building a fence. Uh, they also do this in the Karate Kid Part 2 when um, uh, Daniel was building the guest room for himself without his knowledge. Uh, Mr. Miyagi was having him build it. Um, but the one thing they don't show you in TV shows and in um, movies is that sometimes you mess up and your focus is off and you bend the nail instead of driving it home. Now, so today's uh, topic is actually doing the opposite of drive the nail home, okay? Uh, you're going to rip the nail. So today's topic is rip the nail, okay? Now, a little history on this, a little personal history, is that um, my dad, when we were younger, my dad got a whole bunch of old barn wood uh, from a neighbor or a friend, or, and then we picked it all up, and it was just full of nails you know, spikes, they were real hard, big nails to pull out. So he had us, you know, go outside to this uh, area behind the barn, and we used to pull all the nails out of the wood. Okay, now this wood was oak, okay, this barn wood. Um, at the time, um, it was so hard that I kept on saying, I, I wish the dad would have bought new wood instead of trying to reuse the old stuff. Okay, and uh, just my knowledge now with uh, you know going to all the hardware stores and Home Depot, Lowe's, and all that stuff. Wood is expensive. Okay, it always it always is. When you need a lot of it, it costs money. Okay, so I could see why Dad wanted to try and reuse something. Okay, and we'll go over the whole reuse concept during our podcast today as well. But um, the cool thing was is that we were done pulling the nails out. My dad used the wood to build us an awesome tree house that we used for many, many years as a hideout and uh, in, in the backwoods in our house. It was, it was totally worth it. It was totally worth it that uh, we did all that work because he used that wood to build us a uh, tree house. And the tree house even had like a pole that you slide down. Okay, so it was pretty sweet. Um, so anyways, getting to our work task today of rip the nail, okay? First, you have to have a good hammer, okay? Um, not one of those cheap ones. It needs to be a little bit heavier hammer. And also, too, the claw has to be a certain way, okay? Now, I'm lucky in the fact that I have my uh, dad's hammer um, that he used to build all of his projects when we were kids. Um, and that hammer had a, has an awesome claw on it. It's not curved too much. It's just curved enough to be able to uh, rip the nail out, okay? And also, too, having a, your hands on a good little crowbar also helps as well, okay? 
Now the crowbars they make nowadays are pretty good. So um, first, um, you can use the flat side of the crowbar uh, with the hammer to try and get the nail to lift. Okay, because you gotta get the nail to lift first. If it's driven in there, you gotta you gotta peel it up a little bit in order for you to get at it. Okay, so uh, once you get underneath the nail head, then you can uh, straighten the nail a little bit to help. Okay, because if the nail is curved, sometimes it's harder to get out. You know, um, and then uh, use the curved part of the crowbar or the hammer claw to rip it out. Okay. Um, that's that's where you get the maximum amount of leverage. Um, sometimes the hammer is better for leverage because the curved part of the crowbar is kind of shallow. Okay, so for nails that are big or tall, um, the uh, curved part of the crowbar can sometimes be a little shallow. Um, it's good for for lower levels. But when you get to the upper level of the uh, of the nail, it um, it's harder to pull out. So, but. Sometimes you got to use two hands on the hammer to pull it out. So you grab it with both hands. We used to put both feet in both hands and uh, trying to rip these old nails out. Okay. Um, and that uh, helps to make the job easier because uh, this is one of those, another one of those jobs that nobody wants to talk about. You know, it's a, it's a dirty job, you know, um, but reusing a piece of wood is a lot less expensive. Um, and it also gives you a sense that you're reusing something as well. So uh, a couple more tips to uh, getting the uh, nails out um, is that you can, um, sometimes the crowbar is good to use and use the hammer to hit it. Um, some of those more stubborn nails to try and get them to, to move. You can, uh, the crowbar is made out of metal, so you can go ahead and uh, hit it, um, hit the crowbar when you have the nail in, in check with the hammer. And it helps to uh, to jar it loose. Um, also, too, uh, you know, the hammer have like has like a softer handle. So sometimes if you if you pound on the hammer, it doesn't do as well um, as it does on the crowbar because it's made out of pure metal. So uh, metal to metal is always better. Um, sometimes uh, uh, I used to put a block of wood underneath the hammer to get myself more leverage towards the end. If you're moving it, you get it like about a couple inches out. Still got a little left. You can't get it quite get it out. Put a put a block of wood underneath, and then you can pull it and get more leverage again. Okay, as if the nail is lower. Um, I also I also use gloves to help absorb the shock uh, because the shock of the uh, of the trying to remove a nail is uh, is uh, quite substantial sometimes, and it helps to kind of uh, make it a little easier and not uh, hurt your hand so much. Okay. Um, what else? The last thing, which I did not put on here because it's not really ripping the nail, but this is what I do. I, I just, um, very recently, I just got a, um, a, uh, a Dremel tool. Okay, I, I've always heard uh, a couple of my friends had had them, and uh, I'm like, well, a Dremel tool, I don't want to spend $100 on a tool, whatever, you know. But man, I've used that thing so much uh, since I started construction on the new studio. Because sometimes there'll be uh, uh, some of these uh, nails are embedded in concrete, and they are almost impossible to get out. So you can spend all your time, all your energy trying to get one out. And I'm like, man, screw this. And I go get the Dremel tool out with the uh, metal cutting blade, and I cut that uh, that that nail right off. Okay, and sometimes that's good to do. If the nail is in a certain position, you can just uh, use the um, 
the uh, Dremel tool to cut the nail out so it's not sticking out and it's totally out of the way and therefore you've done the job. So don't be afraid to pull out the Dremel tool if that's the case. Now, um, the martial art practice for rip the nail. Uh, we looked at the physical training today and we um, using a lot of grappling and pushing, okay? Because of what you're doing with the nails, um, I thought it would be appropriate, okay? Um, the ripping of nails and the work that we do on this podcast will help develop strong arms for adjusting the situation by adjusting the distance. So in martial arts uh, strategy, uh, if you have strong arms, you can adjust the situation by adjusting the distance. For one thing is the martial art push, we'll call it, the martial art push. That's when it's kind of like doing two palm strikes together at the same time. It's a concentrated push. Now, as we do things in our martial art, we know that we push off the back foot. This is not just used for punching, okay? It's also used for pushing someone as well. So you push off your back foot, you put your hip into it, you get a nice pre-stretched muscle using your shoulders and your chest muscles and everything um, in that area. It's just like as if you're doing a push-up from the floor. And you do a concentrated martial art push with both hands, two palm strikes, okay? And that concentrated push, uh, you can practice that at home 10 times. So practice the martial art push by pushing both hands um, together and using both like palm strikes, striking outward, okay? Now, um, one of the things I have to admit is that I never quite understood the martial art push and shield attack, okay? I've seen some martial arts schools um, do this a lot, and um, they would overuse it quite a bit. Um, and they used it to make, sh make it look like as if they were hitting the shield, like a substitute for power, okay? So they would like pip, 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 and they'd hit the air shield. Ah, I'm not going to hit it very hard. I'm going to hit this very lightly on the hands, very lightly on the feet, and then push, and all of a sudden the person goes back, and they're wow, you have power. You're moving the air shield back. But it's not really, you don't really have power. You have to develop power in your techniques so that you can hit them hard and drive them back, okay? And then the push, as I said at the beginning of our physical training here, is used to adjust the situation by adjusting the distance, okay? You adjust the distance with the person you're fighting. Now, after you've done a martial art push, you can do what we call a follow-up attack, okay? So, like, for example, in our martial art, we have what's called block and counter, okay? So someone attacks you, you block, and then counterattack, okay? There's also another one called bada chagi, which means stop kick, which means someone's coming at you, you do a powerful thrusting kick, like a heel kick or a side kick, and then you do a follow-up attack, okay? Um, the uh, version of the martial art push is that someone comes up and gets in your face and they push you or you push them, you use a concentrated martial art push to get them to back off so that you can use your kicks and punches effectively. Not that we have to hit at the end of our motions like some martial arts, but we want to get some distance to make sure that we're still in striking range rather than being in 
grappling range. Okay. Now, um, one of the things that you can do, like we talked about after the martial art push, is that you can start with a thrusting kick. Okay. So we've talked about this before, where we've used the concentrated push as our first attack, and then a heel kick um, to really drive it home, and then you use that to gain range for the rest of the kicks and punches that you want to do in your in your follow-up attack. Okay. So at home, practice a practical follow-up attack 10 times um, total and try and make it different every time or um, vary it a little bit. You know, start with some of the same kind of powerful thrustings, uh, concentrated push or a thrusting kick, and then continue with the follow-up attack. Okay? Usually roughly about five techniques. So five techniques put together um, in different ways for your follow-up attack. Now, um, we haven't touched too much about the grappling, but in a grappling situation, uh, when someone comes at you, if you have strong hands, strong fingers, uh, you can go ahead and, and manipulate people to, uh, to get yourself into striking range. Now, another thing too is um, uh, trapping in Kung Fu. So one of the things I talked about, we haven't talked about Kung Fu very much, but there's certain trapping maneuvers that you can do in Kung Fu that, um, that you can use in martial arts in general to try and trap people so that they, uh, you can control the fight a little bit, okay? So it's a little different than putting someone in a hold. Um, it's um, um, trying to trap them in certain ways so that they can't attack uh, with certain parts of their body and to, to take the momentum out of their attack. And we'll cover this more later, okay? When we cover this as a topic, we'll cover this um, trapping uh, a little bit more, okay? Um, but in addition to your physical training with your martial arts, you also have your mental training, okay? Now, how can we apply mental training and rip the nail? Well, we talked about reusing old stuff instead of throwing away and getting new stuff. Some people that I know always looking to uh, throw everything away all the time, always trying to do something new, like uh, um, uh, a new protein shake, a new supplement, uh, a new exercise. There's nothing wrong with having new stuff, but there's some people that they constantly are having to seek something new. They are never satisfied with what they have right now, okay? And sometimes you have to, in your mental training, you have to reuse the old stuff, okay? For example, in uh, your martial arts training, uh, a squat. A squat is a very, very useful um, uh, exercise. That's called reusing some old stuff, okay? Or the standard push-up. I'm sick of push-ups. I want to do uh, bicep curl or tricep extension or some kind of cable work. And I'm like, what about the good old-fashioned push-up? There's nothing wrong with the good old-fashioned push-up. And also, too, using punches, like a good standard punch. Reusing the old stuff. You're not having to have, like, a reverse knife hand to be effective in a fight, you can use the good old-fashioned punch, reusing some of the old stuff, okay? Um, and we also talked about that in relation to repurposing concept. Repurpose wood, you can also repurpose your martial art training. Using what works, using what works, okay? Um, we mentioned uh, Kung Fu earlier, okay, uh, about trapping, you know? But there's some stances in Kung Fu. If you look at the practical Kung Fu, 
um, they have stances that are very similar to other martial arts. But what happens is sometimes they have these really, really deep stances. And you know what these deep stances are for? They're to develop leg strength. It's kind of like holding a squat. Like, for example, uh, doing a kung, certain kung fu stances are very similar to the thing I do in my, uh, in my Zoom classes. The one-minute wall sit. A one-minute wall sit is very similar to holding a stance in Kung Fu. Okay? You're, just, you're developing leg strength by doing isometric movement. It's as simple as that. Okay? So old-school conditioning. Old-school conditioning is really good. Okay, so stick to some of those old school methods. Those old school methods still work. So make sure you use that in your physical and your mental martial art training. So um, just to kind of wrap up here, um, I hope you guys enjoyed my uh, rip the nail uh, concept today. I know it's a simple work task, but it's uh, one that's uh, very time consuming especially if you can't get past that one nail. It could take you 15 minutes or half an hour on one nail. So it's something you want to make sure you do so that you can get, you know, keep working on your stuff. So um, repurposing that old wood um, is not only saves you money, but also um, you get the, 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 the um, satisfaction knowing that you're reusing something instead of just throwing stuff away. Okay? And one of the things that I can test a testament to uh, that here in Michigan is that um, very close to my house, I have we have a uh, we have a, a, a couple mountains. Okay, um, you never knew there was mountains in Michigan, right? So like uh, this uh, the street that we are that we're living near, you know, I can drive the kids to school going between two mountains. Okay, so I'm like, you know, the hills are alive, you know, with the, with the mountains there. And then you uh, realize that they aren't mountains. They are landfills. Okay? So by reusing stuff, reusing it, instead of just throwing stuff away, you're contributing less to these landfills. Okay? So that's one um, kind of practical and kind of, um, you know, way to, um, to not hurt the environment as much and be able to... Uh, to uh, reuse something that still has a lot of life left. Okay, so um, remember that they um, have a secret phrase every week, okay? And the secret phrase is good for all kinds of stuff. Uh, it'll be more uh, evident lately, uh, later once we get uh, more uh, Karate Kid Master Dojo merchandise. But the secret phrase, and you feel free, you can email me this too, say, Hey, I heard the secret phrase today on the podcast. Um, maybe my Florida folks can do it. They email me or message me and say the secret phrase this week is repurpose stuff. Okay? Repurpose stuff. I think it's an important enough concept that uh, we, we focus on that. Okay? So repurpose stuff. And also, the technique of the week, the technique that we focused on was the concentrated martial art push. I added the concentrated on there, just a little adjective. But the martial art push, okay, is very effective in adjusting the distance in a self-defense situation. So remember, even hitting the nail is important because in order to fully learn, 
Miyagi-Do Karate or any martial art, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. And I can testament to that a lot. My hands are feeling it. Okay, so anyways, um, I hope you guys enjoy um, our podcast and keep on listening. Remember that we're here every week learning martial arts through everyday work, thus creating life around you, increased productivity, and a better world. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. This is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.